0: Hello, I'm Howard. Welcome to the 9320 Friday show. The show that has, of course, got Scott McTominay over Roderick in it's United City Combined 11 We're previewing Sunday's big game. He's going to score a hat trick now, isn't he? We're previewing Sunday's big game. Gulp! And briefly looking back at the week before as well. To do all that, delighted to be joined by two calm heads who would definitely put us all at ease. It's Asen and Steve. Uh, good afternoon, Asen. How are you doing? Afternoon, mate. I'm feeling very relaxed. yeah. <laughs> Normally I'd be happy that you relax, relaxed, but it just winds me up in this week. So sorry. Let's move on. I'll talk to you about that in a minute.
1: Uh, Steve, how are you feeling?
2: Ooh, sorry? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I like it, Steve.
2: I'm very relaxed. I'm, I'm very confident, but yeah, we'll get to that. No, I'll, actually,
0: let's do it now. I'm, okay. I've not, not really thought about the match until today i just going to spring a new question in then. I know, asan, you're always relaxed anyway, you're excited about it and look forward to days like this because you're an absolute weirdo. But is it not... Does it feel different to what it used to be? Not not just because we're better, I guess, and expected to win, but I don't know, I just don't feel the pressure that... Maybe it's because we play them so often and there are other... Battles and rivalries, and it's not the end of the world anymore. I don't know. Is it always? Does it feel the same to you, Derby Day, as it used to?
1: No, no. It, it, I mean, if you if you say, does it feel the same as it used to? I think that um, uh, the six-one, the Mancini six-one at Old Trafford, uh, changed everything forever. Because I think that after that, there hasn't really been a time where the derby has mattered beyond the kind of the the bragging rights like we we have always subsequently had much bigger fish to fry than than beating united and i know that 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 sounds a bit um a bit contradictory but i you know i've become more relaxed with each passing season when it comes to the derby because You know, United are miles, miles behind us and have been for for so long now that it's very difficult to go into the game feeling any level of apprehension. I just, you know, I, I genuinely mean that. Like, I mean, you can be a bit apprehensive about, you know, you never want to lose a game of football. I think that points matter when the league is this tight. I think that, you know, United being the underdogs, uh, being able to just sit on the edge of their penalty area and play on the break, those are all things that in some way could be a bit tense or a bit nervy at times. But in general, in the lead up, it's just a joy to to kind of watch the United combined 11s and stuff like, and the United City combined 11s and stuff like that. Oh, I, I hate combined 11s anyway, but yeah, if you're United podcast
0: or whatever, you know, commentator, why do it? <laughs> why do a combined 11? Just talk about something else, preview the match. It's like you either put more City players in or you show yourself up to be biased and a fool. So, yeah, I, I, I don't like them at the best of time anyway. So they're, they're rarely impartial anyway, are they? What about you, Steve? Does Derby Day feel different to you to what it used to be?
2: Well, we were talking off air about how we all reacted to that four three game back in the day at Old Trafford, and um, it just seems like a world away to how I feel about this one. I mean, let's face it, I won't react too well if 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 the same thing plays out and if they get a seventh minute winner, but an uh, in injury time. But no, it, it doesn't feel the same now. And, and as I said, that six one exercised a lot of demons for me. Um, I've been a lot more concerned in recent years playing Solskjaer's United because of the manner in which he set up and just tried to hit us on the break and because we didn't have you know let's say if Sergio was injured for one of those games we didn't have Haaland so we we could conceivably and we did on a couple of occasions create the best chances not score and they do a smash and grab on us but against Ten Hag's United they're going to be playing I think they're playing quite cautious and they'll kind of you know try and pack the midfield but they will play possession football and they're going to get stuffed they're going to get stuffed on Sunday um we are by far and away the superior team and so you know 19 times out of 20 we are going to win quite comfortably Mm. so I I actually go into derbies maybe not the last couple of years against Australia United (laughs) but I have to go I, I do go to derbies though and I think this could be another 6-1. We could absolutely pull their pants down here. And that's an exciting thought, you know? So that's how, that's how I view derbies these days. Yeah, don't make me bring up the head-to-head record for the last five years. Exactly. Oh, absolutely. They've done well against us and it's an anomaly and it, sh- it doesn't make any sense, uh, apart from when you look at maybe Pep has been guilty at times of not factoring in, you know, the, the counter-attacking ways of Solskjaer. I mean, Solskjaer's had the better of Pep Guardiola. That's just
1: bizarre, yeah. Don't you think that's a little bit more to do with? Um, I, I feel as though Guardiola approaches the derby in an emotionless fashion. I think yeah. that he, I think that, I think playing Liverpool, for example, will create more emotion in Pep, which he will then uh, feed into the team. Whereas I feel as though with United they've been. We've been so much better than them for so much of Guardiola's reign that he kind of approaches it just, you know, almost as if he's approaching Newcastle or, mm. or somebody like that, which I think is both a blessing and a curse uh, in that I think sometimes the players need to feel the emotion of the derby um, more than they need to feel the control but mm. I think that Pep would view it in completely the opposite fashion that he would go no it's the dark because it's a derby I'm going to double down on the idea of you play this without emotion and forget about the occasion and forget about all of those things and just play your normal game one game that stands out in respect
0: is the two nil home defeat in an empty stadium where I, th- I don't know did Phil Foden not played Fernandinho not start just a couple of players who would get Derby Day 1 or anything. But I felt that Pep approached that day, we We're winning the league, there's no fans there. There is no emotion in this game, really. I must treat it like another and got stung a bit in that game. Uh, didn't help giving an early penalty away either, to be honest. So, uh, But yeah, sometimes he just looks at it, just looks at it tactically rather than thinking certain players
2: relish this sort of day. But the blessing of that, I mean, it is absolutely, it has been a curse as well, but the blessing of that kind of control and the calm is we've had plenty of derbies where we've gone 2-0 up, for example, and just toyed with them. I mean, absolutely toyed with them, and that's, that is wonderful to see as a 6-1 in a, in a
0: manner. Ooh, don't know. But maybe not. Yeah, <laughs> that, take, 2-0 that, o- yeah. <laughs> yeah. that 2-0 at Old Trafford. It was, it was quite hilarious that second half when we just passed it around and yeah. let them near it, but I'd have preferred a third, fourth and fifth. uh, (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. Don't want to be disrespectful or anything by going past (laughs) five. uh, Just before we... I have gone a bit left-field here. Just before we do that, let's uh, just look at some general stuff before we really dig deep into the derby. Uh, The international break is, of course, over. One injury, as far as we know, uh, we're recording this before the press conference, but... If there'd been other injuries, we'd probably have heard about it. Uh, one injury is John Stones. Pff, not great news, of course, ASAM, but could have been worse that we go into the Derby with just this as an injury concern.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, I, Phillips, I think And Phillips,
0: of course, as a more long term, and Laporte yeah. coming back, yeah. But, you know, the international play, we had a lot of players playing 180 minutes, you know, playing relentlessly. So all in all, I guess it's yeah, you know, I say it could have been worse, even though John Stone's getting injured, is always so
1: frustrating. I think I think more than anything it's it's a blow for him. I think you could mm. see by his reaction um to the injury just how gutted he was. Uh, I think for City we're in a fortunate position in that, um, Laporte is back, Ake is back. We obviously signed a kanji and he, he hit the ground running and, and Ruben Diaz is fit. Um, and I think the flip side of the, the Stones injury is that Walker got minutes on international duty, which I think is, uh, is a big blessing. I think the, I think the frustrating thing for all managers is players going away and getting, getting injured on, on international duty, especially when, with somebody like Stones, for example, he's obviously had his injury issues and and City, I imagine, work very, very, very hard um, to keep him fit over the course of the season. Um, and for him to consistently get injured when he goes on international duty is very frustrating. Mm. We definitely to be playing right
0: back on Sunday, so every cloud, and that it? What about you, Steve? It's a bit seems to come back with mostly you know, full bill of health. Is it strange to you as well that we go straight into a derby after an international break, or does it make no difference at all?
2: It's, it's happened in recent years. I can't kind of nail down when, but it's definitely happened in the last five years. Um, but it does feel strange, yeah, because you fall out of sync with the Premier League. You miss it, but you also fall out of sync with it, and you know, you're watching Bulgaria against Luxembourg or whatever it may be. And suddenly you're thrown back into this huge game. So that does take a bit of getting your head round. Um and maybe that's the same for the players too. Um in fact it's you know it's far more kind of a case with the players. Um as regards to kind of the injuries, then um, yeah, it, it as you said, it could have been worse. Um Haaland played a lot of minutes, um, numerous players did. Yeah, you know, we could be without Bernardo, say, or care for. So losing John is not great by any stretch, but it's a third consecutive time now this has happened on international duty with John Stones, and just in that alone I'm getting frankly sick of that nothing can be done no one's to blame but it's it does feel very cruel on the player and you know being deprived of his services is not great is it
0: no uh, just before we dig deep into the day Paul Hurst has been writing uh, stuff about Erling Haaland this week including he had a point system with his dad about Mm. Which club to pick? United didn't make the top seven. <laughs> Is that really a surprise? Uh, but also, I think his dad, I don't know if you've seen the quotes, Say something. I I've probably read them more. I tend to flick out If it's about stuff from the future, I don't get worried about what Erling Haaland may or may do in two, three years, to be honest. Let's just enjoy him now. A lot mm. can change in that time. He's his outlook can change considerably. If City are doing really well, of course, his outlook can change as well. And he's very young. But uh, Alfie did speak about how he wants his son, I assume he's being serious, don't think it was Tonga Jig, uh, wants his son to play, or he wants to play as well, in all of the, the major leagues in Europe. Does it concern you at all to hear stuff about like this that you know, that makes you think that he might only do like three years here and then move on?
1: Not really, because I think that you know he's he's played in Germany um he's played in the Premier League I don't see him playing in France no I don't see him playing in Portugal Mm. I don't see him playing in Holland so Spain he's obviously at some point going to want to test himself in La Liga Mm. but the age that he's at he could do six seven years at City and then at 28 29. Italy as well, I'm not sure. They can't afford him. No one in Italy no, can afford him. exactly. Yeah. I, think, I think that the, the kind of – I can understand why in the position, the way that – obviously the way that they've handled his career, the way that they view his career um, is maybe different to the way that supporters objectively like to – Like I think most supporters want footballers to come to a club and go, I can see myself spending the rest of my career here. And I don't think they like it when players are open and honest about the fact that they've got other aspirations and other dreams Mm -hmm. for the future. But I think that the big thing for me is that Haaland is a guy who, if he's happy and the team are doing well and he's assimilated... And I, I know this is going to sound a bit weird. I think this is going to be more important for Haaland than it is for any other player that we've ever had at the club. If he's in the conversation around the Ballon d'Or, I think that it, you can get. I, I can see him staying here for a long time. Mm. Let's put it, put it. Yeah, right. City after matches ambition. Absolutely, and, and then, I think that it's not. It's
0: every chance. You know, he see, he'll see no reason to move here. Yeah.
1: yeah, and I think that the flip side of that. Is that what you said, Howard, is we should enjoy him while he's here, but we should never lo- lose sight of the fact that what we have is bigger than Erling Haaland. Yeah. The The structure at the club is bigger than Haaland. It's bigger than Guardiola. I think, you know, there's a reason that they say in that documentary um, Manchester city is the best sporting project in world football right now. And it's not, it's not just about Pep. Obviously Pep is a big part of it right now, but it's about much more than that. I think that from the, I've said this before on podcasts from the outside, uh, no matter what is written or said about Manchester city for the players who come to the club, they always talk about there being no better place because of, uh the training facilities because of the way the players are treated because there is a kind of you know we are a huge club but i think that we do foster a kind of uh, i don't want to say like a we foster a homely environment for these players i don't think that it's i don't think it's quite the corporate behemoth that real madrid is for example, or even Barcelona. I think those are two clubs that are incredibly corporate and incredibly political at the same time. And and City are just not like that. So I have every confidence that unless, you know, unless you're like, I want to go and play in the heat, it's too cold, Do you know what I mean? Unless you get that kind of Bernardo Silva bobbins, right? That, that for most players, they... They, when they arrive at city, they don't want to leave because you, you have everything that you could need there, whether it be trophies or it be the, the pay or just everything, everything you could, everything you could want for as a football player. You have the best of it at city. And that's why players like David Silver and Corniguero stayed for as long as they did. So no, I, I'm, I, I've seen a few kind of tweets being like um you know i'm gutted that he said this and i just don't think that i I don't think it's that black and white with harland i can absolutely see him doing five six seven years and even if he only does three or four it's cool you know there's plenty more players in the sea I just had to laugh about your weather. <laughs> I was moaning to you before press because how, how <laughs>
0: bloody cold it was.
1: Comes <laughs> from Norway, man. Do you know, what I mean? this is <laughs> I know, summer for him. Let's relax.
0: Exactly. Yeah, he's played. Yeah, Norway. He's played in Germany uh, and Salzburg as well. It's like yeah. he's like Kevin De- like you know like Kevin De Bruyne I don't think two players who aren't seeking the sun but I am at the moment so anyway <laughs> it's going it's to be sunny and mild on Sunday according to uh, <laughs> according to the weather reports which is nice so stay. what about you do you worry about stuff like this about you know like Bernardo Silva will have talks next summer I just I'm not even thinking about what may or may not happen next summer it's all about the here and now uh, yeah,
2: I don't see any point in worrying about it. It's beyond your control, and it's all uncertainties in the future. So, I mm. mean, as regards to Haaland, um, very conceivably, he might well move to Real Madrid in three or four years' time. But if he stays free, free from injury, then he's going to absolutely tear the Premier League a new one year in, year out for three or four years. Mm. Um and as Alexander said there, it, equally as conceivably, he could be staying at City for the next six, seven years. Um, we've been here before many times over with people like, you know, David and, and Sergio and, um, where we believed as well as other fans that, oh, that they're only going to be here for a few years because we just looked up somehow to Barcelona or Real Madrid. We don't do that anymore as Blues. We don't look at Real Madrid and go, oh, yeah, one of our, you know, best players is bound to go there. Well, why would he? You know, we've got everything at City so um, that a player wants. So, yeah, it, it's an uncertainty. It's an unknown. So why worry about it? I would expect a player of his stature with his immense potential, um, of which he's showing already that he's going to be a true giant of the game, of course he's going to be kind of looking at his career as a whole and thinking, right, I want to play in Spain at one point. That would be perfectly normal for me. So... Yeah, I, I, it doesn't bother me when I hit it, to be honest. Okay, fair enough. Right,
0: let's concentrate on Sunday. There's one lead-up question I think is quite obvious in a way. I'll start with you, Ace, and one for you both to answer. Are these still the biggest, the league games against United, are these still the biggest two games of the season? Alternative way of asking that question is, how would you feel differently if it was Liverpool we were facing on Sunday afternoon at 2pm? Yeah.
1: Um, I think that I think they're different. I think the the Liverpool rivalry obviously is very much a, a sporting rivalry. So I think I'd probably carry more apprehension if it were Liverpool that we were playing um, with United and with the kind of bragging rights thing. I mean, it's 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 different. I I, I don't feel I I could never say this is the biggest game of the season. Mm. It isn't. I can't get myself that worked up about Man United. Maybe if they get really good in the next two or three years. And I think that's that's maybe the that's maybe the line for me that, you know, for me to for me to take the derby as the biggest game of the season, United have to be pretty good. Cause for as long as they're shit, it's just kind of comical, you know it's it's a, it's an, it's just such a role reversal from from my my childhood and my teenage years where you know they were expected to win every derby we were shit and it was, it was just a very different there was a kind of dismissive attitude from from uh, from united fans back then towards city and towards the derby and i have that i understand that now because i have that same dismissive <laughs> attitude i'm just like <laughs> not that massively i'm i'm if we beat them right i'm less bothered obviously than if we lose to them if we if we lose on sunday it'll bother me because i hate losing to united it goes without saying but if we beat them i won't be waking up on monday going ha we slapped the rags it'll be like right we were expected to do that got to move on to the next thing he wants to do a podcast
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah no I, I'm just thinking then uh, I think I've worked out why Derby Day doesn't affect me as much as before but I'll come to that in a second it's kind of obvious in a way actually now I think about it more uh, it's linked to this question but United like 9-1 to one, I think to win the derby on Sunday is the fall not bigger for you Ace and then now that we're fav- going into matches favourites and not expecting to lose like we did in the old days though I was always wary being thrashed in the old days that's what I really feared humiliation in a way uh but do you is the fall not bigger for you if we do lose to a team that are inferior to us or do you just yeah it can happen
1: uh yeah brush it It can br- happen yeah brush your shoulders off and move on man like I just, it's like losing to united at this point is like losing to crystal palace like yeah <laughs> it's, it's, it's embarrassing but you move on from it within 24 hours you look to the next game you look at the league table. you remind yourself that you're here to win the title and and they're not and you know they've got a deal with the Europa League and that's yeah it's, it's football it's, yeah yeah it's it, it's football um and I mean l- let's be honest and I'll maybe throw this over to Steve as well like you know United have United have really been dragged through the mud in the last five or six years. Like, not just from our point of view and not just from a footballing point of view, but if you look at the kind of the drama and the narrative and the media, it's all, you know, the Glazers, the failure of Solskjaer, the failure of Mourinho, the kind of, you know, the, the, the amount of money that they continually spend on players who just turn out to be absolute garbage. I mean, it's just. <laughs> it's it's just delicious, man. It makes it really hard to to get too worked up about anything United related. Mm. The reason I think
0: it's diluted is the more big games you have in a season, which City now have, the less every individual one can stress you out in a way. Yeah, because you can't. I can't go into two Liverpool games i <laughs> feeling the stress I used to for derby day plus t- at least two dar- yeah you know, games against united plus probably champions league semi-final matches quarter-final matches games against chelsea arsenal spurs all that the big games are just like relentless in a way especially at the end of the season you have to change your outlook to such games and I think it does make it easy to brush off because there'll be another big game along soon that needs winning as well and Bragging rights just don't last very long anymore, do they? Everyone shouts, yeah. Be, you know, fans If they win on Sunday, they'll be shouting about it for a couple of days and then we move on and City are playing in the Champions League, as like you say, and they've got a Europa League game and it's done. It's The league table is more important. I think that's what's diluted it. But for you, Steve, where do you stand on the United versus Liverpool and the importance of the games and how they make you feel, as, you know, especially on the lead-up to them?
2: I can only speak for myself. I know there's a lot of people out there who have a sincere and very deep hatred of United. Um, I don't have that anymore. It's That's kind of switched to Liverpool for me. Um, there's no love for United, of course, but it, they, they pale now to Liverpool for me in terms of our rival because maybe not so much this season, but in recent years, there has been a duopoly and there has been a case of if we beat Liverpool twice a season, we're going to win the league. Um, and also, losing to Liverpool is unbearable for me, absolutely unbearable. I have to stay away from social media. A lot of my mates to Liverpool fans. Let's face it, they're not the best, kind of most gracious winners around. Um, United Gosh. would be bearable. Well, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it would be bearable, but it'd be horrible losing to United, but it, it would be bearable. And that's the difference. So, um, yeah i think you summed it up well howard when you said about the amount of big games as well because at the start of the season you're the first game of the season and i used to look at when the derbies were and that was it i'd stop looking. Well, boxing day i'd stop looking after that really now there's about five or six considerations uh before a ball's been kicked so yeah for me liverpool is a big one now and that's what i feel a bit nervous beforehand i dread losing Um, I actually go into derbies, as I said at the top, kind of looking forward to them, a bit excited and just hoping that we really spank them.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, in theory, the Derby's always the one. It has to be, it's United City. But I always have this contradiction is that ultimately the most important thing is winning the league and that's why it becomes more important because as you say, they're more likely to be rivals, but hey. Maybe. but look at the games as well. I would look at the intensity of the games, the intensity oh. of
2: city v Liverpool so you know that that is almost proof in itself as well of how big a
0: game that has become yeah right uh just before we talk about teams and that sort of stuff, what you expect and we'll start with United briefly. don't worry uh what's your plans for the day hey so, stay my plans for for Sunday, yeah, and watching the derby. <laughs> is that not with anyone just sit down at home and watch it at two o'clock
2: no it was um, yeah it's going to be sit down at home and watch it in the the morning I've got a lovely morning I'm taking my daughter to a farm park just to balance it out so basically in the morning lovely 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 in the afternoon just vile kind of bile (laughs) and and, and passion and hatred and all the rest that comes with it so uh, hopefully I'll have a nice balanced day in that
0: regard they sound like you. Know, I only ask because it's not the sort of game I could watch by myself ever. So yeah, they could yeah. rather just go for a walk and check out the result if I had to watch it by myself. So. Really? Oh yeah. I mean, I had <laughs> I had COVID, didn't wild. I? Well, I had COVID for the Liverpool home game. You did last season, I remember. and I,
1: remember.
0: I was sweating like mad, and I still obviously staying away from every other human being. I just couldn't handle it. I mean, that was a huge game, obviously, bigger <laughs> than Sunday. No, there, I mean, there was, like, a league title. Could have been, not decided that day, but huge swing if someone had won that game. Yeah. Mm. I couldn't. And Honestly, I watched two minutes. So I'm going for a walk. Came back out of time, so I'm winning. And then just went for another walk again. I can't another second half either. And just, like, so it was 2-0. And watched the game after it had finished. I just, no, I'm terrible so, at these sort of things. So... But well, it was a huge game, bigger
1: than Sundays, wasn't it?
0: But yeah, what about you,
1: sir? So uh it's my birthday dinner tonight, so I expect that tomorrow will be a very slow day. Um, which means that I think on Sunday I'm gonna go down to um go down to see a friend of mine and we're gonna go and find a pub and try and watch it in a in an Ibisenko pub or well, the English equivalent um yeah i mean as i say because i don't really it, it it's for me i enjoy i've always enjoyed derby day and more so in the last kind of 10 years 11 years whatever however long it's been i enjoy it so much that like i i will have an early start i will go for a nice healthy breakfast i will you know mooch about with the wife in the morning lunchtime i'll 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 head a, head over to jules's place and you know we'll go and find a bar and have some lunch and and watch the football and and thoroughly enjoy the day shame on me for
0: not saying happy birthday to you happy birthday Sam.
1: thank you boys
0: are you one of those that doesn't make a big deal of it? Because I have friends who just don't mention it's the birthday and don't even want you saying it. So but don't know if you fall into that or not, so
1: Mm. No, I don't fall into that. I'm, I, I don't, you know, I'm I'm not a child, it's not like my birthday. <laughs> really, really, really oh no, boy, you're electric as well. <laughs> <laughs> No, but like you know, I, I, I'm 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 not what, like for example, my wife. She hates her birthday. Yeah, she doesn't want a fuss made. She doesn't want people talking about it, all right, that yeah. business. Yeah, no, I'm cool. It's fine for me. Right. Well, I, happy I'm, birthday! Sorry. Happy thank birthday, you. man! Yeah, thank you. It's a big one, big three zero for me. 30 nice for
2: today, and a nice present coming your way on
0: Sunday about four o'clock. Hopefully, <laughs> I hope so. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, one of my best friend's birthday on Sunday, but she is a United fan, so <laughs> I can't <laughs> say I've, can't say have a nice day. So have a nice morning, perhaps. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, right, the game itself. Uh, I say five minutes on United, just really a, a general look before we concentrate on City. Steve, I'm going to start with you. Uh, is this the most com- competent slash dangerous side? We kind of covered this early on, you know, when we talked about United. Competence slash dangerous side to play City in the last few years, or do you see a little difference in previous matchups? It's a weird one because, of course, they've won four league games on their own, United. They're only two points behind City. I think we both agree they've got quite a long way to go to be at the level of City still consistently. Mm. And Solskjaer had this weird, <laughs> weird, uh, competence when coming up to when coming to the Etihad uh, against Pep Guardiola so it's hard to quantify in a way but do you actually fear this United side more than previous ones because they are edging towards becoming a proper side again maybe not a league not a league winning side but a proper competitive side
2: no no how I see it and it might sound contradictory I don't know but if this United team were taking on Crystal Palace at the weekend, for example, or Aston Villa. I would fancy them to win, whereas, you know, 18 months ago, I would not. Um, but, but, however, coming into a derby and playing City, I would much rather f- fancy playing this United side than under Solskjaer, like I said. Because I think they're going to try and matches like for like to an extent. Um and that is going to be their undoing. I um, I just can't see them kind of playing dead and sticking 10 men behind the ball. Um, there are certain players who I fear, you know, like if you look at Christian Eriksen, I'm a huge fan of Christian Eriksen. Um, and a game like this is just his forte, isn't it? You know, he, he can really kind of get a bit of control in midfield for United to an extent. Um, look at Anthony as well. I know he's new and I know that he could easily be a flop. But right now he is bang up for proving himself, and he has the attributes to do so. So there are certain players who, and also you've got to look at someone like Bruno Fernandez and just fear him scoring because he's such a vile, vile individual. Um. <laughs> so yeah, I, I kind of prefer to play this United team under Ten Hag, um, and yet conversely, I do rate them. More than I used to. Also, oh, you got the chance of seeing
0: Bruno Fernandez cry, which is
2: exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Casemiro as well might well start at the weekend, oh, yeah. and you know he's he's got form against City, obviously with the the semi-finals last year. So, um, and he and he's a top quality player, of course he is. So if you look at Casemiro and and Ericsson in midfield, then yeah, that's almost you know that could be a very equally com- competed midfield there. Um, But then you look at the extremes, you look at attack. I mean, God, Harland compared to... Who is it they're going to play up front? Kind of Martial, because Rashford's out. Um, Yeah. Is he out? I'm not sure
0: he is. Could be back, Rashford, so...
2: Yeah, it's whether he starts or not,
0: though. I I doubt he'll be starting. It's most likely to be on the bench. And I don't think Casemiro would start either, Quite I like that in a way, is to throw him in now would be a bit stupid, I think. So, do you, do you not think he's a start? I, I think he will. Well, he hasn't been starting, has he? No, 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 I know. Th- I
2: think he will for this one though But
0: then I say hasn't been started, It's just a quick additional question Does it matter at all that they've not played a league game for a month? Or,
2: yeah, it's the same goes for a couple of, I do mean, I mean,
0: we've only know. played one, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, does
2: it? yeah a, lot, a lot of teams haven't played for a month apart from you know, kind of a European game. Um, and then there's teams like United, Crystal Palace, who haven't played for an entire calendar month. And it just gives managers, new managers, a chance to, you know, kind of really get their ideas crossed the training ground. And it, it's a plus for them, I think. Um, but it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. You go straight into a derby after an international break. In this case, straight into a derby after, like, you know, what was it, a three and a half week absence. Hmm. Might they be a bit rusty, a bit cold? Who's to say? We'll,
0: we'll find out. Who's to say? Yeah, it is of the unknown because of the gap there. Yeah. So this game, and of course players have been all over the place, yeah. so It's kind of
2: like a second pre-season, but it's been mm. disrupted with an international break. It's very odd. And look, I'm there.
0: it's a, There's no way of us knowing really. Uh, Issa, do you think their threat is the same as it would have been under the side that's going to sit deep and look to get us on the counter?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think if you look at the way that United played against Arsenal, um, and the way that they played against Liverpool, it was it was very much a, a, a counter-attacking, uh, counter-attacking system. I think if Martial and, and Rashford are both out, I think that's a big blow for United. Um, it's difficult to see him playing. I don't know. I mean, I'd love to know what you two think, but for me... If I was in his shoes, I'd play Ilanga through the middle before I played Ronaldo just because Ronaldo just offers so little threat running in behind that, yeah, it's not you, – you can't really play on the counter with Ronaldo leading the line. I think you need some blistering pace there. And so, you know, I, I can see Elanga playing through the middle and and uh, Anthony and Sancho on the wings.
0: Mm-hmm. Um they, sorry, they have a
1: their press conference at one fifteen.
0: Mm. Uh, Paul Hurst again, our go-to guy for <laughs> news on this podcast. Uh, they are they're both doubts. Neither forward has trained for. This is from yesterday, so. Neither forward has trained fully this week, though they won't play. Martial's is no, the more Rashford serious. Martial's are more serious of the two. So if one does play, it's more likely to be Rashford. It could be an advantage to us if they. Yeah, you know, if one of them's thrown in having not trained, it's
2: yeah, yeah. could work yeah. in
0: our favour. And I've got the other thing I was gonna say, Steve. What, United are stronger, aren't they? Because they've got a manager who's ready to dump Ronaldo and Maguire. And yeah. they're two players I'd love to have seen start on Sunday. <laughs> yes. I
2: mean, seriously, I I would, yeah. No, 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 I'm I'm exactly the same. I would be happy to see Ronaldo start, and I'm more than happy to see Maguire start in in the kind of mental state that he's in right now. So, yeah, but of course he won't. So I should say about how I think they're going to set up, um, because we're talking about whether they're going to play on the counter or not. I think, basically, it's going to be almost a compromise situation where they will do so in their setup, but not in their application. So I think they're going to play four five one. 5 um, I think the two kind of wide players will play a lot of the game in midfield and just make sure that they're not outnumbered in midfield. But it won't simply be a case of setting a trap and, and kind of doing a counter. I don't believe anyway. I think they'll be looking to get, get a bit of possession in midfield and get a bit of control of the game, as much control as they possibly can. Um, I mean... I, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But that's that's what I, I believe I'll do. Um, so they may well fall between two stools in that regard. So that'll be interesting.
0: Yeah, it's not mm-hmm. necessarily bad news if they do see quite a lot of ball because playing dead probably goes against you know, is It gives us opportunities for counter-attacking and, and breaking forward, in way, you know, as, we, as we did periodically join the Wolves game if they come out and play. So Yeah. Right, let's concentrate on City. Hey, Sam, the lineup. what do you expect? Two areas I think are obvious of any doubt of, you know, and we may have differences of opinion or predictions, is who starts in central defence and, of course, the wide players up front. Do you have any strong inclination how this will play out,
1: the the side that pet will pick? So Walker, Akanji, Diaz, Cancelo, Rodri, KDB. After that, I, I've really flip-flopped on yeah. on Bernardo and Gundo, and whether he goes with Gundo in the middle and Bernardo on the right, yeah, um, or he plays Bernardo in the middle and he plays a front three of of Foden, Grealish and uh, mm. and Haaland. I'm leaning towards Bernardo in the middle and so Foden, Grealish. So and yeah. Oh Harland. no, no. I've I, I flip-flopped now to thinking
0: that Bernardo. <laughs> He might put Bernardo on the right, so he could play Gundogan as well, but who yeah knows? I mean, I th- who knows I, who knows
1: yeah I, I guess trying to obviously it's like it's really impossible trying to get into yeah. like Pep's head and figure out what he's thinking. but if you look at if you look at United's threats, yeah, then I think I think for us, it's going to be really important centrally that we that we cut out that that Erickson and Fernandez that we cut out balls to them. So basically their supply their supply line needs to be killed. Um so that the the centre backs are forced to go and play the ball directly out into wide areas. Um so the question is, do you do you have more of that? Do you play Bernardo on the right and Gundo in, in the middle and you almost flood the center of the pitch and give United the wings and go and say at the centre backs, try and make those passes out to the wings and then trust our fullbacks to to win those battles? Um, or you play Foden and you play Grealish and you play Bernardo in the middle and you kind of trust Rodri KDB and and Bernardo to deal with Casemiro, Ericsson and Fernandez, which is what I think more or less that three will be in the middle it's tricky it's McTominay,
0: but I, to be honest but yeah same
1: you, think, same you think it'll be McTominay over who? Casemiro
0: really? yeah why? I don't think he started yet Casemiro
2: has he? No, he, but I, I think he will huh? he's had enough time now you know I agree. in the last two or three
0: weeks where he's settled in now so I think this will be his okay. full debut I mean I don't know yet. Yeah, that's even that, that's even harder for me to predict than uh, what Pep's going to do so. Yeah. Really?
1: I think that's a pretty straightforward one because of the amount of money that he cost and the wages that he's on and the fact that, you know, it's not like he was there when Ten Hag joined. Ten, he's technically a Ten Hag signing. Mm. You're talking about, you know, Casemiro, who has been one of the top holding midfielders in the world over the last five or six years, and then you're talking about Scott McTominay. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's basically a no-brainer that if Casemiro is fit and they feel that he's tactically up to speed, um, that they'll play him. And actually, in my very humble opinion, uh, I think the way that we play, Casemiro can be got at really can be got at because he's not the quickest. He's not the best running back towards his own goal, in my opinion. I think that, you know, we will be afforded some opportunities to knit the ball off him. And if we get behind Casemiro, then United will have problems. So- and he should
2: have been sent off as well in that semi-final. So a nice bit of revenge would be sweet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think you've yeah. given some of the reasons why he won't be risked, for this game and maybe the next one instead but i okay, get no idea so uh steve what about you the central defense does do kanji fill do you, do you feel your mm. confidence or do you have some concerns yeah. with that yeah see i'm i wasn't i'm
2: i wasn't an expert on a kanji before he joined i'd seen him a, a number of times but I, he'd never stood out to me for good or bad um So when he joined, I saw a lot of people who were quite, you know, knowledgeable about Bundesliga saying that he's prone to a mishap. Um, And, and this happened on you know more than one occasion. All I've seen so far is a highly competent defender who reads the game really well and is very calm and makes the right decisions. And that's what stood out for me above all else as well, his decision-making. I'm not jinxing anything here because I, I, I still carry that concern about what I read about him before he joined. Um, so it's not it's not fair to lay you know to put that at his door because all I can go on is what I've seen and what he's produced in the city top, but yeah, so I'm kind of happy that he's playing that he will play, uh, I trust him, but there's just that little nagging doubt in my mind is to think, well, why why would they say that if that's not the case?
1: So I don't know. Hmm. I think Dortmund were uh, have been defensively shambolic for for a few years now. Mm. um and I, I think that they they've played in a way that's made none of their defenders look good um so i think there's a there's an element of that yeah. and i think there's also a little bit an element of um revisionism because he was going into the last year of his deal and he refused to sign a new deal and you know how those things are like you know Like the natural thing then, uh, particularly now he's moved to the Premier League and he's moved to City, is for, you know, some of the German pundits and commentators to be like, oh, well, he's not that good and he's got a rick in him and all of those things. But I think... Uh, the the comparison I made um, last week I think is that he reminds me of Jerome Boateng and Boateng had a rick in him there's no doubt that you know mm. he had a mistake in him but his positives as a centre-back particularly in a in a pep system far outweighed his negatives and I think the same will apply for Akanji mm. hey, So how do you feel about Diaz season so far? Yeah a bit meh if I'm honest with you I, I don't think he's I don't think he's been at his best. Um but I don't think that he's been terrible either. Um would you play the I two A's in central defence? A kanji and Ake? Yeah. <sighs> right, Stones
0: is out, obviously. I think we all agree the port's a bit too early. He's in yeah. training, which is brilliant. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he could. F- feature on Wednesday's match against Copenhagen maybe Mm. Uh, maybe if we're doing well if we're doing well in this game he can come on for 20 minutes but of course it's it's too early from such a long you know six month injury for him to come in now in a derby so we really are picking two from three aren't we so I I don't think
1: Ake gets in I just I I think that you know Ruben Diaz is the kind of de facto leader yeah in the team and in in the back five. Um, And yeah, I I wouldn't want to see him drop to the bench for, for Ake, definitely not. Um, I think, you know, if you want to go left field, a lot just depends upon Laporte and where his fitness is at, because I think eventually with all players coming back from a long injury, eventually they have to play to, to fully get up to speed. Um, And I don't know how much training, laporte has done with the team but if if he's trained all week at 100 percent with the team it, it genuinely wouldn't shock me if guardiola went diaz laporte just just wouldn't wouldn't shock me i think it'd be harsh on a kanji uh, i think it's more likely that we see laporte in midweek but it it really wouldn't shock me would it worry you though no. six months out no i mean look you gotta trust you have to trust uh, Pep and the medical staff, when it comes to recovery and knowing when to put a player in, I don't think that there is even a 1% chance that they would take a risk with his with his fitness. Um, so I think that if he starts, it's because collectively they believe that he's sharp enough to start as well mm-hmm. as being um, fit enough. Yeah, and State,
0: further forward, any chance of a Pep left field? I say not left field literally <laughs> <laughs> or maybe maybe literally. On the left wing. <laughs> a left field or right field choice by Pep. Uh no one's mentioned Mares. Of course he's out of form, but mm. he, I think he's a shoe in for Wednesday's match anyway, Mares against Copenhagen. Yeah. Surely that's the time. Just let him uh stretch his legs and get some form uh back. Somewhere like Alvarez any chance do you think or Really, what Greenish gives you for all our discussions is that he will keep onto the ball more and mm. perhaps looking for control in this match as always, as you know.
2: Yeah, which kind of lends himself to to Gundo as well there, but I don't mm. think he'll start with Gundo. I, I do think it'll be Bernardo, and I think it'll be Greenish on the left and Foden on the right. Um, I'm I'm convinced Greenish is going to start, and I don't quite know why. Really, I just I instinctively feel that he will, um, and I'd be more than happy with that. I mean, to, to be brutally honest, I'd be. I don't mind who he plays if you're looking at that kind of router uh, of kind of five or six players. Um, Marez, maybe I I would cross my mind about his form, um, but the rest, it's kind of what Pep thinks is best, and I'll defer to Pep. Does playing time during the
0: international break matter at all? That too, of course. Kanji and Grealish are two players who handily picked up a suspension (laughs) for their their second games. Uh, Every little helps in a way, so...
2: Yeah, for, for uh, descent as well, wasn't it with, with uh, Grealish? So yeah. yeah, avoidable there. But yeah, no, I mean that that will certainly come into play. Yeah, um, but you you want Foden to start, obviously in the Manchester Derby. Every Manchester Derby, you want Phil Foden to start, as you alluded to earlier, Howard. He gets it, you know. Mm. Um, and then Grealish too, and Haaland, and then Bernardo in the middle there
0: with KDB. I'm I'm happy with that. Let's face it, we're going to beat United with that. Saying, yeah, just generally. Do you see how this game plays out? Do you think it is yeah, it will come out to play, so to speak, and look to get the ball as much as City?
1: I you think it will be a competitive match as well. I, I think that United will play almost identically to the way that they played against Liverpool and against Arsenal. I think that they'll be happy to sit deep. I think they'll be happy for us to have the ball in certain certain areas of the of the pitch. Um, I don't think that they will they will play with a high line, and I don't think that they will press high. Um, but I think the flip side of that is that they'll back themselves to carry a threat on the break. And so, you know, in 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 the way that it plays out, I'm bringing I'm bringing the uh, the the Palace analogy back. That it's going to be a little bit like playing Crystal Palace, in that you know, you know, you know that defensively they'll be as organized as they can be you know they'll carry a threat on the break but the onus for me will be on city to basically open them up i think the the one thing i would say about this united team um is that i think that they still and will for a while have a little bit of a brittle mentality and what i mean by that is if united go a goal down <laughs> I think it's going to be really hard for them because I think that City will have the bit between their teeth if if United go a goal down. I think as much as Pep will plead for control, I think with Haaland up there, it just it feels like a derby that will feel like a derby when it kicks off regardless of what Pep wants before the game. Um, and so I'd be looking... From a city perspective, I'd be hoping for a relatively early goal because if we get that early goal, then anything could happen. Chaos could ensue. Yeah. You want that eye contact between Harlan, Grealish,
2: and Foden, if you know what I mean. Yes. On pitch absolutely. eye contact. You want it to be, you know, yes. Yeah. So, so basically, they're translating to each other. Let's do them today, you know, irrespective of what Pep said.
0: I mean, last. Years was a weird game because we scored early, then Sancho equalised. Then we went on a one for one, didn't we? Mm. But stays it stating the blindingly obvious that should the worst happen, we do go behind in this game. We've never been better, have we? Coming back and scoring goals mm. when necessary. Well, as, yeah, that's Crystal Palace game show. our our case our case study for the last five years is always <laughs> Crystal Palace. <laughs>
2: Well, yeah, we've got the Nordic meat shield, haven't we? He makes all the difference to us now. So you know that... I mean, I I said on another pod that um, you know I write all these betting previews and I do City every week. And in one of them, I just said, look, you can basically look at all the stats and look at all the nuances and look at all the past form and everything else. But really, when City play Berlin-Harland, it just comes down to this simple thing where he will get a chance and most times he will score. And... In, in an average game, he very likely will have two, three or four chances. So he will score if you look at the percentages of that. Then that's how simple it comes down to with me. You know, Haaland will get two or three chances. And on each one, you will put him at 75% to score. He's that good. So he's going to score one. We're a goal up already is what I'm saying.
0: A. probably another obvious question is substitutions could make a big difference in this game and be telling. And we've probably got more options in that respect as well,
1: in United.
0: And Pep's yeah. been happy to use them this season as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I don't think, <clears throat> honestly, I don't think subs are going to come into this game. I, I, I don't feel that, um, although City have a stronger bench than United, there isn't a, transformative substitution if you start Grealish, Foden, and Haaland. Oh. Yeah. I think you you could argue that Alvarez will bring a lot of running to the front line and a little bit of chaos. Um but Mares and and Grealish in terms of their skill sets, even though they play on different sides of the pitch, are relatively similar. Um so I think it's the onus is on the 11 who are on the pitch to to do the business. And, you know, let's dream. Let's dream of, of 3-0 after the hour and Pep gets to throw Cole Palmer on and Alvarez on and, and it's a nice, lovely, lovely birthday weekend after the <laughs> for me. Well, I guess there's nothing left then.
0: Unless something you want to talk about is to ask for a score prediction for this game. Hey, Sam, do you want to go first?
1: Yeah, I fancy us a lot. I think it's going to be 3-0 City. Okay. stay
2: 3-1. I can see United scoring. It could very conceivably be a thrashing, but I'm going to play fairly conservative and say 3-1. Hmm.
1: <laughs> 3-1 is a
0: conservative
1: prediction. <laughs> How
0: bad a Man United if 3-1 is
1: a conservative <laughs>
0: prediction. I'm sorry to be that guy, but I don't think they are that bad. Uh well, I'm going 3-1 as well,
1: so I'll <laughs> say that very no, well, quickly. Look, they, 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 beat, they beat Liverpool and, and, and Arsenal in mm. quick succession, and those are the two teams that everybody's going are going to be our, our Premier League title rivals. So, you know, that's that's nothing to be sniffed at. Um, but I did, did watch the Arsenal match. I watched Liverpool one.
0: And to be honest, the second half was essentially Liverpool going at them. Mm. So they were good and really good in the first half, United, But it didn't last the ninety minutes. But they no. held on.
1: Definitely. So you can see,
0: you know, to put ninety minutes performance in against City. They, well, they've, they've got I the don't makings. know about that, to be honest.
2: I do think they've got the makings of a decent back four. Um yes. They're not there yet, but they've got the makings of a decent back four. Um So they could well kind of, you know, frustrate us. Um But no, nah, I think we've just got too much quality.
1: Have you yeah. seen? Have, have you all seen? Like so. Dortmund played Ajax last season and and Ajax won 4-0 and uh and obviously Martinez was one of the center backs for uh for Ajax in that game and Haaland played up top and so there's a lot of kind of a lot of the united journos and the united hmm. fans giving it you know oh like you know Martinez is Martinez has dealt with Haaland once before and I'm just a little bit like you know what that's just it's Erling Haaland on Sunday will be a completely different beast to the Harland that that Martin has faced uh, in his Ajax time. Um, And I also feel that Harland is exactly the kind of fella who's going to take that shit really personally. Do you know what I mean? He's he's definitely going to be on social media and he's definitely going to be seeing all that and going, Oh yeah, I'll show you. So I uh I f- I fear for Martin on Sunday, if I'm perfectly honest with you. You really think... don't want to make him angry. You really no, don't wanna make him angry. I, I think I think Erling might brutalize him over the course of the ninety minutes. Does height matter on this occasion? It's yes, height. it does. It's not just the height, it's the it's the height, it's the power, it's the the just you know, I mean I, I I've Very few players in my lifetime I've seen like Erling Haaland. I I don't have the words really for how much of a threat and how dangerous he is. And I think, to be honest, I think it's a little bit fucking disrespectful, excuse my language, that I'm seeing anybody referencing, oh yeah, but look at what Martinez did with Haaland in the Dortmund Ajax game a year ago. Haaland has scored how many goals since he's arrived in the Premier League? He's played against how many experienced centre backs in that time? I mean, come on. Like, if you're gonna talk about if you're going to talk about something, the thing to talk about is Haaland and the threat that he carries. Martinez got made to look a chump against Brentford. He's had a couple of good games, a couple of good low block games, yeah. Uh, where they've played almost entirely on the break. And Suddenly, he's like the guy who's going to handle Haaland. I don't, I, I, I've found all of that stuff this week to be quite funny because I'm like, Erling is reading all of this and, and, and <laughs> he, he'll have the, the last word will be Haaland's in that conversation and it'll be on Sunday. Funny enough, I've not seen much this week, normally. In the old days, it'd
0: be wheeling out Paul Skulls to say that City will never be. A match for United and so on and so on. You just don't see them <laughs> come out the woodwork very much uh, in recent years. Uh, strange that. I don't know what's changed. It must just be uh, me not Ev- finding everything. Everything. Yeah, <laughs> everything's changed. Yeah, but it's nice anyway. Uh, just look before we go. Uh, have a quick minute, uh, subscribers. Do check out the Premier League preview show, which is is out on Friday morning. Uh, I assume, Steve, you've given plenty of time to Arsenal against Spurs in that. Yeah, I just thought we'd have a couple of minutes at the end of this as well uh, to talk about it. Is it a nice, when we've got a big derby on the Sunday, do you as a fan like a palate cleanser like a big game the day before like this? Because I think it will help me just relax and forget about Sunday to have some big other games to watch the day before. I've basically written and
2: talked all week about how a North London derby is the best Derby to watch for neutrals and um, it's got the more goals most red cards most instants most kind of comebacks you go back the last kind of 25 years and it, it puts the Manchester Derby and the Merseyside Derby you know, into, into um, it makes them pale because it's got everything and what really the biggest consideration is the fact that it's played on an equal footing so In the last 10 years, Spurs, uh, their average league position has been 4.5. Arsenal has been fifth. Hmm. And they've both been going for the top four. So every season, it's basically these two giants after the same goal at roughly the same level. Um, So, yeah, I I love a North London derby. Always something happens. Um, And to talk about those goals, for example, the last 20 years, it's averaged out 3.2 goals per game. Whereas the Merseyside Derby is two point three goals per game. If you're if you're drawing that out over a couple of decades, that's quite outstanding that the difference there. So um yeah, it's a really enjoyable game to watch. And it's perfect as well. Saturday lunchtime. it's
0: just just what I want Saturday lunchtime, that that game. Hmm. So 0-0 no, nil no, it is then. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 3 uh, 1 was it last season? Uh 3-0 for Spurs. 2 1 2 0 2 1 2 0. 0 2 4 2. Yeah. there has uh, been 1-0-0 in the last 20 years?
1: Who is it a bigger game for?
0: Arsenal well, or Spurs? Uh, the 0-0 was in two th- February 2009. There you go. Mm. No, it was preceded by a 4-4, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe they used all the goals up in there. Uh, and a 5-1, so yeah, they'd used all the goals up. I
2: I, and, uh, Iceland, that's I think it's a bigger game for Spurs. Um. I think Arsenal could kind of look amongst themselves and say, Okay, we're not there yet, but we're on the right path and, and all the rest of it. I think Spurs are really going for the title this year. And this would put a real statement down that that they're gonna they're capable of doing so. So interesting.
0: Uh, yeah. uh, for me it's Spurs, I think. both, I would say.
1: Yeah, possibly but you know, Arsenal top
0: them they need to keep it going. So then What do you think it's what do you think, Gaysa?
1: I mean, it's 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 hard to call at... I do think it's a bigger game for Arsenal because I think the way that they've started the season... It's it's bigger in the sense that it I don't think they came into this season going, we're going to win the title this yeah. season. Yeah. But I think that the way that they've started, they probably fancy themselves against a lot of the teams in the league. And I think that they will look at the defeat to United as bitterly, bitterly, bitterly disappointing. And I think that they'll want to put that right. And I think that they'll probably feel themselves that if they beat spurs the conversation will remain around whether arsenal can challenge city over the course of the whole season whereas if they don't win that game i think that it will be more i think there'll be a a a minor sense of deflation after such a strong start to lose to united and then to drop point against spurs
0: and it'd be and they've got liverpool next
1: so Mm. As we said on the podcast last week, it's a
0: big period for them. They always lose to Liverpool, though. Always. Mm. And they've got Chelsea in November. So, you know, the, this block of fixtures before the World Cup is is big for Steve? them. yeah?
1: You you just said they always lose to Liverpool. And the first thing that came to my mind was, wasn't Arteta's first match against Liverpool as Arsenal manager the game that stopped them getting 100 points? didn't Arsenal take a point from that yeah, game and yeah. stop them getting getting 100 points? Because I remember celebrating wildly
0: <laughs> at the full-time
1: whistle for that. Um, so, Arteta's, you know, he's played Klopp before and got something at least once.
2: Yeah, oh, fair enough. But, I mean, it's, they're very record in recent years.
0: That oh, side for is sure. Put...
1: Oh, for sure, for sure. It's just... The, always arsenal laugh. absolute. <laughs> right,
0: I was going to ask a slightly different question as a city fan who should we want to win this match or just hope for a draw well here's the thing right
2: and I, again i'm only talking about myself here and i'm, I'm taking all logic aside and just how i gut, you know my gut feels alan Davis's rant last year has, has <laughs> it's everything. it has it's me so it sounded so i was never a fan of arsenal i never liked arsenal um I could tolerate them winning, and maybe in a game like this, I'd, I'd even semi-support them and want them to do well because because they've got so many young players, it, it's easy to get behind that. But no, Alan Davis has ruined it for me. So come on, Spurs! Hey
0: Sam, what about you? That doesn't, um, still doesn't answer the question of who's City fans <laughs> because I'm asking who is the basically I'll rephrase yeah, yeah, it yeah. who's the biggest threat.
1: I think I think Arsenal are a bigger threat than Spurs over the course of the season, and so mm-hmm. I would want uh, a Spurs win or a draw in that game. I think an, I think the, the thing that mildly concerns me about Arsenal is that they're, they're a young team and they're an enthusiastic team. And if they can get to the World Cup and be within three or four points of the top of the league, I think they'll fancy themselves to come back from the World Cup and go on a little bit of a run and really challenge city. And actually I think what the world cup is going to do for a team like Arsenal is, I think if you didn't have the world cup, the pressure would just build. So you'd get to, you would get to the boxing day fixtures, right? And it'd be one of those where you've got a bunch of fixtures, one after the other, there's loads of pressure. Arsenal have won loads of games. The whole narrative will be, can they challenge for the title? They'll drop a couple of points, lose a couple of games. And the arse will fall out of them. The pressure will get too much for them. I think the World Cup break is almost like a a pressure release valve for if Arsenal are going to challenge, whereby if they can get to the World Cup, it's almost like you break the season up into two halves and Arteta says to them, well, look, we've come this far. You've got this break. Go away. Enjoy the World Cup. And when you come back, we're going to do exactly the same thing as we did in the first half of the season. So I'd be more worried by that. I just don't... I know that everybody loves Conte, right? And I know that everybody thinks that, like you know, Spurs are like a very, very, very dangerous team with with Son and with Kane and and with Richarlison. Something about them leaves me unconvinced. I'm mm, just not sure they've been playing that well
0: mm. during the long periods of games. But then you can probably say that for everyone, so. isn't
2: that? Isn't you can look at that two ways though. Because I agree, but they haven't been yeah, getting that the results. Yeah. Yeah, they've got an extra gear to find yet, which is a bit concerning. Yeah,
1: see, I it's I think, too early to know for sure. Of course, yeah. I asked that question because I have no idea of the mm. answer.
0: So,
1: I think with with Spurs, Howard, I feel the same as I did with Tuchel at Chelsea, and and I probably until I see differently, feel the same with with Potter, and that is that. I don't think you can play any version of three-five-two, three-four-three, and win the Premier League title. And I, I've been saying this for two or three years consistently now. That I don't think you can play that system and win a league that's got Guardiola and Klopp in it, because you rely when you play that system, you rely on your own efficiency and. City and and Liverpool and teams like that—they don't rely on efficiency. They rely on the fact that we will score a volume of goals, and so ergo, we'll win a hell of a lot of games. And so, yeah, I just—I look at—I look at Spurs. I look at that three-five-two, and I just kind of go, yeah, don't fancy it over the course of a season.
0: We will see. It is a cracking game to start the weekend off. Anyway, that much Definitely. is true. So, right, that is a wrap. Uh, hey Sam, thank you very
1: much for coming on and talking to me. Absolute pleasure. Absolute I the the Derby on the weekend of my birthday doing the Friday show it was an absolute no brainer, mate. Absolutely loved it. <laughs> thank you. And Steve, thanks very much for coming on. Pleasure, man. Enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm off to sit in the dark corner for two days, uh, <laughs> venturing out briefly to take delivery of a mixed kebab and then back into the corner again. So soon this will all be over. Uh, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Take care, stay safe. And more than ever, hope you all have a quite brilliant weekend. And as always, a Up the blues.